Evening prayer starts on page 22. Our psalm tonight is Psalm 81 and it's on page 443. The Gentiles shall come to thy light and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no help in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. Grant we beseech the merciful Lord to thy faithful people, pardon and peace, that they may be cleansed from all their sin, and serve thee with quiet mind, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 81 on page 443. <clears throat> Sing we merrily unto God our strength. Make a cheerful noise unto the God of Jacob. Take the psalm, bring hither the tabret, and merry harp with the lute. Blow up the trumpet in the new moon, even in the time appointed, and upon our solemn feast day. For this was made a statute for Israel, and a law of the God of Jacob. This he ordained in Joseph for a testimony, when he came out of the land of Egypt, and had heard a strange language. I eased his shoulder from the burden, and his hand was delivered from making the pots. Thou callest upon me in troubles, and I delivered thee and heard thee, what time as the storm fell upon thee. I prove thee also at the waters of strife. Hear, O my people, and I will assure thee, O Israel, if thou wilt hearken unto me. There shall no strange God be in thee, neither shall thou worship any other God. I am the Lord thy God, who brought thee out of the land of Egypt, upon thy mouth wide, and I shall fill it. But my people would not hear my voice, and Israel would not obey me. So I gave them up unto their own heart's lusts, and let them follow their own imaginations. Oh, that my people have hearkened unto me, for if Israel had walked in my ways. I should soon have put down their enemies, and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto him, but their time should have endured forever. 
I would have fed them also with the finest wheat flour, and with honey out of the stony rock would I have satisfied thee. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the third verse of the fourteenth chapter of the book of Isaiah. It shall come to pass in the day the Lord gives you rest from your sorrow and from your fear and the hard bondage in which you were made to serve, that you will take up this proverb against the king of Babylon and say, how the oppressor has ceased, the golden city ceased. The Lord has broken the staff of the wicked, the scepter of the rulers. He who struck the people in wrath with a continual stroke, he who ruled the nations in anger is persecuted and no one hinders. The whole earth is at rest and quiet. They break forth into singing. Indeed, the cypress trees rejoice over you and the cedars of Lebanon, saying, since you were cut down, no woodsman has come up against us. Hell from beneath is excited about you to meet you at your coming. It stirs up the dead for you, all the chief ones of the earth. It has raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nations, they all shall speak and say to you, have you also become as weak as we? Have you become like us? Your pomp is brought down to Sheol and the sound of your stringed instruments. The maggot is spread under you and worms cover you. Here ends the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath hope in his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the first epistle of Paul to the Thessalonians. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of our God and Father, knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believe. For from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith toward God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything. For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you 
and how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Here endeth the second lesson. Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. Endue thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Lord, we beseech thee to keep thy church and household continually in thy true religion, that they who do lean only upon the hope of thy heavenly grace may evermore be defended by thy mighty power, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening, everyone. Uh, just a few remarks about our passages tonight. First, our colic. Um, I think you can see as we're looking at the fifth week of Epiphany and uh, from morning prayer this morning that... Um, we are we are uh, resident aliens in a world that we don't belong to and the world wants to tie us up and uh, god wants us to be tied to him and so our colic praise that we lean upon the hope of thy heavenly grace and so that's our call for this week and actually forever i mentioned the world is opposed to the people of god and we see this in the earthly kingdoms uh, they appoint kings, and the kings lord it over people and think they're really special and uh, take people into captivity and run their lives. And um, so we see we see that um, in the psalm, God gives us up to our lusts or our sins if we choose them over him. And he says, oh, if my people would just stay with me because I'm just about ready to do. I'm just about ready to, to, to save them and 
and make my kingdom come to pass. So it reminds us that we are to, to wait and to be steadfast and faithful. So what we see is the actual um, prophecy of this promise in, in Isaiah. And this is a particular promise against Babylon. And the interesting um, thought about this being about Babylon, uh, there's a lot of thought that this was written before Babylon was even a power. Assyria was the one that took uh, the people captive and then Babylon um, later took over Assyria. And so we're already prophesying what's going to happen to the king of Babylon before that happens. So there's also people that believe that it was written later because of that, but um, I'm not going to go there. I, I like it the way uh, where God's in charge. So we see that um, this king who has got so much earthly tie and so much power, and you can kind of see that it reminds a reminiscent of the rich man and Lazarus, where the rich man had everything and Lazarus had nothing. But when death comes, and this is what this is, this is a dirge against this uh, king of Babylon. When you're dead, all the kings that went before you are also dead. And uh, of course, they shall speak to you and say, have you also become as weak as we? Have you become like us? Your pomp is brought down to Sheol and the sound of your stringed uh, instruments. The maggot is spread under you and worms cover you. In other words, it's the same fate. It doesn't matter how important you are. So our hope is in a better faith. I mean, a better fate. And in Thessalonians, we see Paul uh, defending and encouraging about this better um, fate, fate, yeah, fate of through our faith. So um, what happens in Thessalonians, and one of the things I think when you read Paul's letters, it's important to ask, what did Paul write to these people? Uh, why do I think he wrote it to those people? And what does it mean to me? It teaches us about God. It teaches us about um, Jesus and the Holy Spirit and teaches us how to live. So Timothy had just returned from Thessalonica, and which prompted Paul to write 1 Thessalonians. And they were having a little bit of problem, and we'll talk about it in a minute. And so Paul's writing to encourage these people. And uh, you can see right away that, that one of the problems that he faces is, is uh, there was always people that would come out and try to change the gospel or water it down or make it less than what it was. And so he talks about our gospel, meaning Paul's and, and the gospel of Jesus, which came in power and Holy Spirit, not just words. So basically what he's saying, the people that are bringing uh, contradictory messages are just words. They're not showing power in the Holy Spirit. And then there's a call later in, in the chapter to wait for his son from heaven. And you can tell from the opening that Paul loves the Thessalonians and uh, it just is trying to encourage them. So this being the first chapter, I thought I'd just give you an idea of what we're going to find out, uh, what Paul's going to be doing here. There's, um, there's nine things, there are nine subjects that he's going to cover over the next uh, six chapters. So he's going to encourage the church. He's going to answer the false allegations that seem to follow him wherever he goes. People make allegations about Paul. He's going to comfort the persecuted flock. In other words, the people were persecuted for their faith. He's going to give them comfort. And he's going to help, try to help them express joy in their faith. Um, he's going to remind them of the importance of living morally and in purity. And he's going to condemn the sluggard lifestyle. I don't know if you remember Proverbs the other day, and it said the lazy man, but in the old King James, it was the sluggard well, turneth upon his bed. And there was a lot of verses that just mentioned the sluggard, but that's the lifestyle that he's going to be condemning. And he's going to, this is probably the main part of Thessalonians, he's going to correct the wrong understanding of the prophetic events. In other words, the people were asking, you know, if Jesus is coming back, what happens to those of us that die? And I'm not going to answer that yet because that's coming up in chapter 4 and 5, and, and you just have to hang on for that one. 
And then he's going to diffuse tensions amongst the people, like some there was some uh, conflict between some of the believers. And then finally exhorting his flock back to the basics of Christian living. So our call in reading Thessalonians is to look at what's going on with them and make sure we follow Paul's examples. But once again, to live faithfully and wait for God and in faith and knowledge that he's coming and that the life to come is, is for us and that we are uh, resident aliens in this world. And I, one of my favorite t-shirt companies is not of this world. And so that's what I think a lot of times is we just have to remember who we are of, and that's, of course, of Jesus. So we're going to turn to the intercession on page 590, and we'll take a moment to, to make our private prayers. Let us pray. And accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same, in his vocation and ministry, may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble, and do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities, for his sake who went about, went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Together, the thanksgiving just below that. To our prayers, O Lord, we join our unfeigned thanks for all thy mercies, for our being, our reason, and all other endowments and faculties of soul and body, for our health, friends, food, and raiment, and all the other comforts and conveniences of life. Above all, we adore thy mercy in sending thy only Son into the world to redeem us from sin and eternal death, and in giving us the knowledge and sense of our duty towards thee, we bless thee for thy patience with us, notwithstanding our many and great provocations, for all the directions, assistances, and comforts of the Holy Spirit, for the continual care and watchful providence over us through the whole course of our lives, and particularly for the mercies and benefits of the past day, beseeching thee to continue these thy blessings to us and to give us grace to show our thankfulness and sincere obedience to his laws, through whose merits and intercession we receive them all. Thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you for joining us tonight. It's good to pray with you, my brothers and sisters. Thank you. Thank you, Deacon Bob. Have a good night, everybody.